Blog Talk Radio. another broadcast of Spirituality Today. I'm your host, Jamie Sanders, coming to you live from Pensacola, Florida, along with my awesome new co-host, Reverend Denise Jurgen, coming to you out of Nashville Music City. And we're coming back to the show today with our second broadcast as a new team. We had a blast with our last show that we did, and today we're going to have more fun. In this first part of the show, we're going to be talking about the law of attraction. Uh, Denise and I will be sharing that in the first 30 minutes of this live broadcast. And then in the last hour of the show, we're going to welcome our guest co-host, Reverend Becky Whitehead. She's a very dear, close friend of ours. She is a senior minister at Unity of Omaha in Omaha, Nebraska. And let me tell you what, when the three of us get together, there is nothing but laughter and joy taking place. So this morning, this afternoon, wherever you are, if you're in Mountain Time, Central Eastern, we're pleased to bring on to the phone right now, my outstanding, funny, joyful co-host, Reverend Denise Jurgen, Senior Minister at Unity of Music City. Good afternoon to you, my friend. Good afternoon, Jamie Sanders. It is just a delight to be able to do this, and especially now that I think that Becky Whitehead is going to be on the phone with us, so I hope everybody is buckled in well, because there is no telling where we may end up today. But, you know, I I am so glad that we're talking about manifestation and demonstration with Becky Whitehead because Becky was actually um, a member of my congregation and on the path to become a licensed teacher and minister when we began studying together a lot of the Abraham Hicks material and the Law of Attraction. And I still have extremely fond memories of Becky and I uh, practicing the process and actually manifesting things together in our spiritual community. And I think when I think about the law of attraction, the thing that comes to me first is that every thought vibrates, every thought radiates a signal out into the universe, and every thought attracts a matching signal right back. And that's what the law of attraction really is. And I have used that in my personal life and now in this probably moment in time um, I have used it in the process of putting a whole theme together this year of We Choose Peace and what I am noticing is that my own personal vibration when I say We Choose Peace I have to do the practice around being what it is that I'm wanting to attract to me. And 
sometimes that's easy and sometimes that's not easy, being the minister of a church and working in with the other leaders and the other people in our congregation. So, Jamie, I would like to throw to you for a moment, what is your experience of using the law of attraction as being a spiritual leader and a minister in a congregation? Well, you know, when The Secret came out, everybody you know, <laughs> who doesn't live under a rock saw the movie The Secret. Right. The Secret talked about that your wish is my command, which I loved that. Mm-hmm. And so it really has to do with us honing in on what it is we want, what it is we desire. And I think a lot of us as human uh, doings, human beings, we tend to <laughs> focus on what it is we don't want. Right. You know, and I, I remember one night someone said to me, you know, why aren't you in a relationship? I don't understand that. And I said, I'll tell you what I don't want. And I caught myself and I thought, wow, I could spout off in a moment everything I didn't want from my past uh, hurts and traumas. But I couldn't as easily spout off what it is I did want. So I learned a big thing that night is it really is, even in ministry, and and I know you know this, that sometimes the people who get the most attention in our congregations are the people who are the most disgruntled, the people who are the complainers, and we go home with those people. And instead, we didn't even think about those wonderful people who do sacred service, the people who cheer us on, who are always supporting us. So it really is, like they say, Johnny Coleman always used to say in the 12-step program, say it too, it works if you work it. And so it really is about we have to be so clear on what we want to manifest and give our attention and energy to that far more than what it is we don't want to manifest. Most definitely, because what comes up for me is whatever we're giving our attention to or where we put our focus grows. And then when I focus on that, for any length of time, I start aligning my vibration with that. And then I'm offering up those vibrations to the universe, and the universe is thinking that I'm saying, I want more of this. And I don't know about you, but when I'm dealing with a congregant that might be a little disgruntled or, as I say, have a burr up their booty about something or being a little pissy, (laughs) I don't necessarily want more of that. And sometimes I do forget that if, you know, if I focus on the things that I have in my congregation that are pleasant and wonderful and marvelous, that I'm going to get more of that. But I think in our society today, I think that a lot of us have been taught that we have to fix things. You know, even in business, in corporate world, in school systems, it's always let's look for what's wrong and let's fix that. And this is a whole new way of reframing and living my life because I, when I heard, and I do not remember who was the person who taught this to me, but it was somebody that I was in a workshop saying that worrying is using my imagination to create, some, create something that I don't want. And that, like, hit me upside the head. I was like, oh, my. So then if that's true, why would I ever worry about something or spend any length of time focusing on something that I don't want? But I will say in my own private coaching and spiritual counseling practice that I have, I hear the same answer that you said you gave almost every day. And I say to people, but what do you want And almost immediately before they even take a breath, they'll say, well, I don't want blah, 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 and I don't want blah, 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 blah. 
and I'll just sit in my chair and grin, and then when they get done with all of those gyrations, I will say again, and what do you want? And it's just a whole different way of thinking that most of us have never bought into of how to create. Even the ones of us that have been in New Thought for hundreds of years, (laughs) it feels like hundreds of years some days, You know, I forget that I've got to talk about, think about, engage myself in where I'm going, not in what I don't want or what I'm trying to get rid of. Right, and you made a you made a really big point because you know I think a lot of times some of our listeners are ministers in New Thought churches. So you made the point about people, and I loved how you said they got a, a. a bird up their booty or they're being pissy. <laughs> and here's the thing. I mean, people really think, well, surely spiritual people would never show up as that. <laughs> but the truth is, is what I have to remind my people is tell me something good. When they come to me to complain, tell me something good. You just right. sat through a service with outstanding music, people laughing, singing, and all you have to say is it was too cold, it was too hot, it was too loud. <laughs> tell me something good because I guarantee you if you are a chronic complainer, which is part of the law of attraction, you will Mm -hmm. attract more to find fault with and complain about, and I guarantee you, you do it in all areas of your life, your relationships, your friendships, your jobs, even with yourself, you are probably a chronic complainer, and that is part of the law of attraction. You will keep finding things to be disgruntled about. And so it really is about us, you know, saying to people, and it doesn't even have to be nasty, tell me something good. Tell me something good. (laughs) I love that. You know what, I'm all of a sudden thinking, Jamie, you need to start singing, tell me something good. (laughs) (laughs) Bow, bow. One of the activities that I do with people, especially in leadership circles that I work with here, is when when someone gets on the complaining train or whatever and going down that road, I push the ball. I, I, I say, let's push the pause button for a minute. And I said, I want us to do, and people that have worked with me know when I say, I want us to do a rampage of appreciation right here, right now, in this moment. And that is one of the best practices that I learned years ago through learning about the law of attraction and listening and being involved in some workshops with Esther and Jerry Hicks. It was like a rampage of appreciation just means that I'm for the next four minutes or a minute and a half or however long I can, I'm going to look around the room, I'm going to look inside my mind, I'm just going to continually speak out loud or in my heart things that I am grateful for because, you know, you can't stay in that pissy place forever once you have shifted your thoughts to things that you're grateful for. And that seems to work around here on some level because people know that that's what the minister is going to do. She's going to say, whoops, push the pause button. Let's have a rampage of appreciation. You start and I'll jump in, and let's just list all the things that we're thankful for. And it eventually shifts the conversation over to something totally different. So I don't know if you've ever tried that, but that's a great, great practice. I just I just wrote it down. It's in big letters on my desk here, and I'm going to use that because, you know, even when I will say to someone, tell me something good, the mm-hmm. people stop and they're like, what? They cannot... <laughs> 
think of something good, and that's what I tell them. You're, this is who you are. This is how you're showing up. And so I just want you to be aware that if you can quickly find fault in other people, in other organizations, you know what I mean? It's an addiction yes. that we're constantly seeking what we believe isn't working, what we believe isn't whole, and we love to point it out. And I think truly when – you know, when I asked myself, well, you know, what was that about? Oh, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with something within me. You know, mm-hmm. asking myself, what is that really about? You're not mad about the, you know, that it was warm or it, right. was, it was, you know, too loud. You're mad because you're not in control. Right. And you have to learn oh, yeah. from it and grow from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, if it's a lot of times if people think it's too cold, I'm like, you know, you can run right down the hallway and there's blankets in my office and in some other places. Grab yourself something and wrap up in it. You know, there is a thing that you can do other than just sitting and complaining about something. So I the other thing that I use, and this is something that I know Becky and I used when she was in Nashville, is we use um, – the emotional scale. Are you familiar with that? Uh-uh. Okay. I will at some point in time send you a copy of that, but they have created an emotional scale which has at the bottom of the scale like sadness and depression, and at the very top of the scale has love, joy, and peace, which is why um, I want to eventually get the song to you for us to play sometime that Judy has written that the chorus is we are love, joy, and peace, everything else we release. Because the, the information about it is that each one of those emotions has vibrations also. And so, you know, the way I talk about that is if I am vibrating down at sadness or depression, I am being an Eeyore. You ever known an Eeyore? That no matter what's going on, they're just kind of tired and sad and depressed. And it doesn't really seem to matter because they don't even realize because they've been there so long. Or it could be somebody that's an angry person. You know, I have in the past had a few of those come through this lovely place that I call Unity of Music City. And no matter what was going on, their response was an angry kind of one because some of us have set points that are normal for us and it matches our vibration. And so your vibration might be most of the time a certain type of a feeling. And I know just growing up in the family that I grew up in, emotions were not... Um, celebrated at all because both of my parents grew up in alcoholic homes and so therefore I had to keep my emotions down a lot of times and so even being happy it was not something that was relished because you know that when I am happy and I laugh there's nobody within a 10 mile radius that doesn't hear it so (laughs) so it's like this big display of something And sometimes people are uncomfortable with other people's emotions, but, you know, it, it is a part of being in a spiritual community to let people know that I can shift those emotions because the emotional chart that Esther and Jerry Hicks have basically is, okay, let's say that I'm feeling angry today. And the example I give 
is with my two sons. Because if there's two people in, on the planet that I can get to anger faster than anything, it would be my two sons. But I realize that if I come in a conversation from the vibration of anger, guess what I'm going to get back from them? It isn't going to be yeah. pretty. So I look up this chart, and this chart has all different kinds of emotions that you can look down. And if I look up the chart a little ways, I see the emotion frustration. And I go, you know, I can choose to be frustrated instead of angry because I can choose a different thought, and it gives me a little relief, and then I can speak to them in a different tone of voice, in a different way, and the situation goes better. I think part of learning about the law of attraction, and it may be something that Becky eventually talks about in what she talks about, is that we as human beings sometimes don't believe we can choose our emotions, but we can. I hear all the time, well, he made me mad, or he made me sad. And I'm like, you know, if you didn't have that button on your body and you didn't have any, you know, desire about this certain thing, then he couldn't make you anything. But I chose to act out in that type of an emotion, and I can choose to act out in a different emotion because the law of attraction is going to work whether you're sending out sadness, whether you're sending out anger, whether you're sending out love, whether you're sending out joy. And if it's true that what I put out there I get back, I don't want to choose anger very often because I'm going to get that back, and that's not fun for me. I don't know how you experience it in your world, but it's not fun for me. I agree with that totally because, you know, one of the things that, that I, I really try to do, and I think I do not like to get angry. I mean, mm-hmm. I fantasize about it. I mean, I really right. have fantasies about <laughs> turning a table over and acting like I had yes. Tourette's in the middle of the ball. Yes. When I have right in the middle of a board meeting or something. Yes, I know. Right. But you know what I mean? But you go, I always hear that little voice that go, you know, remember, people are watching. And when you behave in such a way because you have that rev in front of your name you will be forever held accountable and judged and so i try to be you know one of my code words that i've said to people is now 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 i'm angry right and i take a deep breath and i try to express my feelings and so i think with the law of attraction if we continue to stuff our feelings like you made a great point about the people who are for um, ever showing up angry. It's who, it's right. their vibration. And so mm-hmm. to say, you know, really, what that's not what you're upset about. What are you really, right. you know, Gary Simmons always used to say, tell me more. Right, And yes. you break down the wall, tell me more. And finally it comes out, well, I just, I've tried to be your friend and you won't let me in. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what this is really about, so let's talk about that. Right. And I think what the law of attraction is, if we desire to have clarity with people, that's one of the things I love with my relationships is if you're mad at me, tell me right. because it may not be the truth, and I do the capital T. You may have been told something. You may have heard something. But unless you and I are willing to have clear, clean communication and say, so-and-so told me this, that is absolutely not the truth. Here's what I said. I said you were a jerk. I didn't say you were obnoxious. <laughs> let's be clean you know and then you can laugh together about this sort of thing yeah. by assuming making the assumption and we do it i think you know even in ministry sometimes when people leave 
and they didn't say goodbye. You just kind of go, wow, what was that about? They didn't, and then you realize later, oh, it wasn't even about me. Right. You know, but we right. won't know. And I, my new thing is, is I have to trust the process that if, be adult enough that if you're upset or you you got your emotions out of alignment, do mm-hmm. whatever it takes to clean it up. But I'm not going to chase, and I'm not going. Are you upset? No, I bless you. Right. <laughs> it's like they sneezed. I bless you. <laughs> God bless you. There you go. <laughs> because the same thing, I, for years here, would have, you know, people say, well, don't you run after people who leave? And, of course, I have this vision, because I'm such a visual person, of me just running down the road after people. And I'm like, no, because I truly have a belief that everybody's doing what they need to do. Now, again, I, you know, because I take a lot of things in when things go on and I go, okay, how did I assist in possibly the creation of this? And sometimes, you know, I can figure that out and sometimes I can't. The thing I would hope that I am teaching as a minister, as a spiritual leader, as a coach, is that, you know, if you are going to leave, at least say something, you know, because... I hope I don't do that to people. I hope I don't just run off. And I'm sure I have at times, and it's like, okay, how can I do this cleaner and clearer and say, this is just not my place to be in anymore right now, you know, instead of just disappearing and then people go, well, where the hell did she go? I don't know. Was she mad about something? I don't know. Did she, you know, because I find that that in itself sets up some interesting karma or law of attraction for yourself, too. You know what I mean? And it's like if if we could create spiritual communities that really understood that concept and realized that, you know, Denise is not going to be upset with me if I decide I don't want to come here anymore or I don't want to do this anymore or I don't want to be on the board anymore, but just say something, you know, instead of just – disappearing and then you know four years from now i'm just like i still have no clue what happened to that person but whatever so yes that is and i think the amazing thing of that that is that well that the point you're making it too is man just hit me is if, if that's what we do if that's how we you know if i'm at a big gathering i'm not one of those people that wants to go around the room and say goodbye to everybody Right. Oh, I'm leaving now. So I just right. kind of, I, I just kind of blend out of the back door and go home. Right. And, but <laughs> if something, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to have to, you know, explain that, you know, I got to be up at four. And you don't want to kiss everybody goodbye, right? Right. You know what I mean? I just kind of, he's gone. And so, but I've realized in life that if, when relationships end, and I always say, and they left in the night and they never said goodbye. Right. That's unclean business and something Reba McIntyre had a song about the greatest man I ever knew and in it she said he was good at business but there was business left undone our business Mm -hmm. left to be done and I always think about that if we don't clean up our messes we will have to repeat it and it will be done to us not as a punishment but to me it balances the scales so that we get to understand oh that's what that was about Mm -hmm. and now I get it and I have to make amends yeah, mm-hmm. so. most definitely. You know, the law of attraction, just thinking about that, that is such a big even topic to even begin to think about. And so I would say if there are listeners out there that don't know the ins and outs of what we're talking about, 
I use a book called Ask and It Is Given by Esther and Jerry Hicks, and it's actually, along with my Louise book, Louise Hay book, it's kind of some of my Bibles that I just kind of use because the law of attraction is a huge, you know, concept that has so many different things involved in it. And one of them is probably some of what Becky will talk about, even if she doesn't use this languaging, because there is a portion of that called deliberate creation. When I know that this is exactly what I want, when I finally get clear, and am I willing to focus my thoughts, focus my words, focus my emotions on this, and deliberately create this in my world? And that, on some level, may seem, well, I can do that. But, you know, sometimes that's easier said than done because we live in this world, and sometimes things that are going across our radar screen don't necessarily fall into the same vibration of what I'm wanting. And then it steals my attention. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And part of the thing, too, is... You know, the whole idea, there's still people, when you talk about the law of attraction, we've heard so much about it, people roll their eyes. And the thing to, you know, always people go, well, I don't understand what it is. And so here's what, you know, here's what I usually try to explain to someone in a very loving way. You cannot manifest goodness, abundance, and health, and wholeness in your experience if you go through life being an asshole. Right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? These people think, well, I, I just do. because I said shamalama ding dong, shamalama ding dong, I get a new Rolls Royce. But if you're going through life and you're mean and you're obnoxious to people, you mm-hmm. can't manifest goodness in your life. I mean, the scriptures say, surely goodness and mercy <laughs> will follow me. Well, it's following you because it's attracted to you. But if right, you're mean and hateful and nasty, and <laughs> I would love to be in your congregation when you're saying this on Sunday morning. Yay! I would never say asshole on the I know, I but pause. you might say nasty to people. Nasty, yes. I, yes and I do. And, I mean, and I don't, I'm laughing to myself because I've been in your congregation, and that's why I love you so much is because I think, and Becky does the same thing. We cut to the chase. You bottom right. line people. And so if people say, I don't get this, well, come here, sit a little closer, and I'll help you. Right. I want you to get that when you show up, check yourself. How am I right. showing up? Am I kind? Am I patient? Am I, am I being mean and obnoxious? And do I have mm-hmm. a personal agenda? Whatever we put out is what comes back to us. Right, right. You know, and when I get that, I mean, that's the basic law of attraction. You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you because it's exactly what's going to happen. You know, it it is an old universal principle, but it works. It works every time because there are times when I find something rolling back into me in my life, and I go, "Oh shoot, that is what I put out there, isn't it?" Yay, yay right. me! And sometimes the very thing I drew to me, I realize I have the power to send it away if it's not what yes. I thought it was going to be, or I wasn't clear enough. Oh no. You know, Edwina always says, oh, that's not what I wanted. Right. I mismanifested, and I, will, I can send it away. Oh, I drew to me a crazy person? Oh, let me send that back <laughs> to the distribution I center. I will them back to the universe. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So I think well, we have a caller. Let me try Edwina this. Says that I love, I love, I love, I love is she says all the time, you know, you wouldn't call Neiman Marcus and just say, send me what you think I'd like. 
Right. You know, we have to be clear. We have to be clear about what we want, or we're just going to get some random something. And then, no, we're not going to be happy. But if we are not clear with the universe, the universe cannot necessarily be clear with us. So, yes, most definitely. Wow. Well, I think it's time to bring on our buddy Becky Whitehead calling in from Omaha, right. Nebraska. And I, I'm just looking forward to this. So let's see if we can get Miss Becky on the air and let her share with us the very idea of spiritual demonstration. Folks, we were telling you earlier that joining us live from Omaha, Nebraska, is Reverend Becky Whitehead. She is our buddy. She is one of the most beloved people in our lives, and always an honor to play with her, to be serious with her, which is few and far between. But Becky, welcome to the show, and it's great to have you with us. Thank you. It's a wonderful opportunity to be here with you guys. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Denise. Hi! It's exciting to have you here. Oh, it's so much fun, and I've been listening to all the stuff, and I was so glad, Denise, that you brought up the the whole thing with the emotional guidance scale because the folks here in Omaha are quite familiar with that because we talk about <laughs> raising it above number seven all right. the time. So right, that's right, right. Cool oh. You so, know, it was interesting the other day because I brought it up at church on Sunday morning, and I had a person in Nashville that's a drug and alcohol counselor that told me that he, because he's come to this church before, says to the people that he's working with, if you want to really create something awesome in your life, stay love and above. And mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Yay. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's a wonderful thing. I mean, I've actually handed out the list on Sunday mornings and said, look at that, where are you? Mm-hmm. And where would you like to be? Well, let's just finger walk up this list and get there. So that's a wonderful thing. So how many times do you hear people talking about this new book that they read or this new speaker that they heard and all the wonderful things and how it's just the greatest thing in the world for them? I mean, have either of you ever heard any, heard anybody do that? Most definitely, yes. <laughs> Every Sunday. <laughs> and you need to bring them to our church because we need them to speak to us, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or they bring me and a yet, book and say, here, I want you to read this book. And I'm like, oh, yay, raw tootie for that. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. And then the next thing that happens is you start watching their lives and you don't see anything change. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so funny. Um, David Alt has a song that he, David Alt from in Atlanta has a song that he wrote several years ago called Walk the Talk. Mm-hmm. And in that song he talks about, a, you know, that he'd read a book or hear about a new philosophy and, and then, you know, or he'd hear about somebody doing it and then he'd be watching it and he wouldn't see him. And what he came to realize is that really what we're truly about is what we demonstrate and not the words that come out of our mouth. Right. And so what we're doing in Omaha this year, and it's exciting, and the folks here are very excited about it, I tend to have us follow a theme each year. And this year, our theme is the year of demonstration. And That's exciting. It's time to, you know, it's time to stop talking about all this stuff. We talk about the principles. We talk about all these things in our lives. But why are we not, why have things not changed? And so what we're doing is creating an opportunity each month to focus on something special. And as we go through the month, everything that we do as a community focuses on demonstrating those things, you know, so that we can shift and change. And so, in the month, go ahead. 
Uh, it's okay. I didn't mean to talk over the top of you. So what has been your experience? Do all of your congregants get that? You know, it's it's really funny. One of the things that I do each month is I give them a journal. Like in January, it was about abundance, and so they got an abundance journal for them to log every day how they demonstrated abundance. And it may just be in an attitude. And it's been so cool, and every Sunday I have folks come up to me and say, you know what, this is what's changed in my life. You know, and at the end of the month, there's a section for them to do a review, and how has this experience changed your life, and how am I seeing it show up differently? They're really seeing it, and a lot, and you know, the interesting thing is, and and I'm sure both of you guys, you know, have this experience, when you're a spiritual leader in a community, you better be demonstrating it, because they're going to call you on it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Jamie, you ever had that happen? Oh, the nerve. Can you believe that? <laughs> yes. And, you know, and that's why I say that people, I said earlier to Denise, you know, when you fantasize about turning the table over and cussing and screaming, is to remember that people are watching, and they are watching. And so my favorite thing mm-hmm. to do, and I know you both have done this too, I tell my own mess before somebody else does. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I tell it Absolutely. and use it. As an example, I'm not saying I've mastered it, but I'm aware and I'm dancing as fast as I can to clean up any lingering messes I may have in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's cool stuff, but it's it's so interesting as we go through the time, they're getting it because they're, they're talking about experiences and talking about the fact that when they show up a certain way, the world around them changes. Imagine that. You know, that's something that we know happened. Um, so it's, you know, we've talked about so far this year, we focused on abundance and gratitude and oneness, and we just wrapped up creativity in the month of April. Well, and my favorite month is the one coming up, because this month, in the month of May, we're going to be focusing on demonstrating joy. So Omaha's going to be a free-for-all all month in the month of May. So. That sounds like lots of fun. You know, it is. Um, we've got community coming up in June, and one of the things that we're doing was we're demonstrating community by, by having our church picnic. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a cool thing. Um, I think one of the reasons that I'm so excited about joy is because it is at the top of that emotional guidance scale. Yeah. You know, and it brings about so much. To me, joy is the jet fuel for everything else that we do. So it's kind of exciting with that. <clears throat> You know, I just got through teaching uh, um, the creation process in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this goes a lot along with, you know, that whole thing that we were talking, you mentioned a few minutes ago, Denise, about deliberate intent. Yes. And I talk to the folks all the time about, you know, we're always creating. We're always manifesting. But are we mm-hmm. doing it with intention? Are we doing it <laughs> consciously? You know, when you come to me, and, and they've heard me talk about that Eeyore consciousness here, too, you know, and, and I've done it on stage before, so it gets a little funny. They start laughing when I do my Eeyore impersonation. <laughs> um, but are you planting that kind of stuff? You know, mm-hmm. we're always planting seeds. And it gets real interesting that we're going to plant a seed of of distrust and sadness and expect to have all this love and joy sprout from it. Right. You know, when was the last time you planted seeds in your gardens of tomatoes and were sitting there waiting for cucumbers to come up? 
<laughs> we don't we don't do it. I mean, Jamie might. Jamie. No, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. <laughs> you don't but believe in the I will say, say or what? I don't know. <laughs> they sell it at Publix in the grocery store. It's all there. I, you know, people baking bread. <laughs> Why they sell it in the store? I don't know. I don't do that. That's my demonstration. I go through the checkout line. So, right. I want to talk a minute about, I want to hear from each one of you. So, starting with you, Denise, can you give an example of a demonstration that, you know, sometimes we have our own demonstration that blows blows our socks off. So, can right. you share one and then Becky share a demonstration that you had that really shook you to your core? And it's like, wow, this this truly does work if I work it. Well, I can. Actually, it is one that myself and my partner, Judy, did that we did it together because we truly believe sometimes that where two or more are gathered, which is said in in the scriptures, that the Christ spirit is even bigger there. And Judy and I do music in town, but we had the desire. We had gone to the Skirmerhorn, which is this amazing venue in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's where the symphony plays, and a lot of big-name people come, you know, that will... I, I know that Winona actually sang there one time, Jamie. You would love that. And she had the symphony backing her up, and it's just amazing in there. And so Judy and I were there one time, and we said, we want to perform on this stage. So we did the practice of seeing ourselves there, performing on that stage, and hearing what it would sound like. And it's been about four years ago now, but we literally drew to us an invitation to perform one of Judy's songs on the stage, and my friend Jamie London sang with me, and we performed on the Skirmerhorn stage. And I believe truly that it was because we held it in our consciousness together. We saw ourselves there. We had been there at the Skirmerhorn, knew what the stage looked like. We could visualize that every day and kept putting it out there. And I remember when the invitation came through, Judy was at work and I was somewhere else, and she sent me a text and she said, have you seen the email that just came through? And I said, yeah, I'm about peeing in my pants. But, you know, it's like, excuse my French, this shit works, you know, if you work it. <laughs> so it's just focusing on what you want and keeping that vibration. That's my, that's my demonstration speech. All right, guys, I think we have a caller calling in, so let's see. Let's see what we <laughs> Hello, area code 864. You have something you'd like to share with us? Oh, hello. Um, yeah, hello. I was calling. I'm kind of stuck in life, and I'm trying to go forward, and I just keep going back with this. Anything I can do to make me go forward. One of the things I would say to you, and this is Reverend Denise from Nashville, Tennessee, is do you know what forward is for you? What would that look like for you? Where would you want to be going forward? I don't want to look. I keep looking back at the past. I had a real bad breakup with a with my husband and I keep going back there I just I want to do things and make my what can I do to make myself go forward stop saying what you don't want to do mm-hmm. and stop looking backwards only look forwards in fact one of the beginning practices would be be in this moment now instead of worrying about or looking behind you but breathing into this moment, 
doing, as I said earlier, something like a rampage of appreciation, because I know that there are probably some things in your life that you can appreciate, because you probably heard us talking about the energetic uh, properties of vibration, and whatever you're feeling is going to pull you forward to the next part of your life. And so if you're stuck in the past and thinking about things that didn't work for you, that's the energy with which you are creating your next moment. Okay. Would somebody else like to add to that? Becky? You know, I the whole gratitude piece is such a beautiful place to start because it prepares the container to have newness in your life. So I definitely, everything that Denise said, but that gratitude piece is such a beautiful starting place. Absolutely. And I think, too, Becky, you made the point about what you're doing at Unity of Omaha. With the journal, I would suggest you get a journal and, and begin to write in it what it is you do desire to have in your life. Um, and when you have the, the feeling that you want to go back and talk about what you don't want, no, nope, I'm going to focus on what is present here and now and what it is I desire to experience down the road, and I will no longer dwell in the past. The past is over, and you bless your husband for everything, whether it was good or we call it not so good in that relationship. You check yourself for what did I learn and how can I use what I experienced to make me a better person, a wiser person who loves and respects myself more to never, ever settle for crumbs ever again. And I think you'll see a huge difference in your experience of what's coming down the road for you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for calling. All right. Thank you for calling. All right. Wow, that was good. Yes, it was good. You know, I think there are a lot of folks who – who really, when I mean, they hear this. That's what I was saying earlier, Becky. I don't know if you heard when I said to Denise, there are people when we talk about the law of attraction, and so now we're talking about demonstration. I think there are people who have been wounded. You know, the big thing, and I say this often to my congregation, the big thing is people talk about being broken. I no longer affirm I have never been broken, but maybe I've been bruised a time or two. Right, and my bruises right. always heal. So I think when people hear about demonstrating or the law of attraction that we believe we're stuck, people say that I, I'm stuck. Quit affirming you're stuck. You're not stuck. You've just pulled over to the rest area, and you have to get the gumption to get up and drive forward because there's something greater calling to us to come and seek and find our good. And so I think with us demonstrating a spiritual demonstration in our life is that we surround ourselves with people who believe in us, people who encourage us and don't let us get stuck in our stories, let us get stuck in the, you know, the feeling sorry for ourselves. We all have times where we feel sorry for ourselves. And why me? And I think it was Les Brown, motivational speaker Les Brown, who said, why not you? I mean, what do you, you think you're special? So we have to say, okay, this is what's happening. This is what I'm going through. Yea, though I walk through the valley, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other, and I'm going to keep moving because there's something greater calling me to move forward and not to stay stuck. What you guys' take? Back. You know, well, I'll tell you what. The whole thing, is when we look at the Aramaic translation of the word repent, which really totally means about just to change direction. And any time that I feel stuck to recognize that I have the power and the ability to change my direction, it's all up to me. 
That's the beautiful gift. That's part of my inheritance is that I have that ability to change my mind, to change my direction, and to step into that power. So maybe today, you know, I might have today being a crappy day, but it's my choice to be in that crappy day or to say, you know what, I'm making a different choice and I'm stepping into, and it may be just a little bit better but that I'm moving in that direction. So I go into that experience of repentance or changing my direction. So, and it's just recognizing, I think too many of us don't honestly have a grasp on the power that is ours. I think you are so right, Becky. One of the other things I think about that I learned when I started studying the law of attraction is the 17 seconds and the 68 second process. And, it, it states in some of the materials that if you hold or focus on something for 17 seconds, your personal vibration will match that. What I notice about human beings is that is an easy thing to do when it's worrying or negative. We can very easily focus for 17 seconds on something we don't want or don't want to deal with. But 17 seconds of focusing on what I desire and what I want to draw to me, sometimes in the beginning of that practice can be the longest 17 seconds of your life. I do that on some Sunday mornings as we're creating something. When we started the theme of We Choose Peace, we would hold the thought and the, begin- and the belief and the emotion of peace for 17 seconds. And it's like after we did that and used it as a practice, because, again, that's part of this, is we are sharing with people a different way of being or a new practice. And it's just like anything of like learning how to play a sport or learning how to play an instrument or something. We have to practice it until it becomes a part of the habitual way that we live our lives. Because after I've held it for 17 seconds, then the research says that when I can do that and then I can begin to hold that pure vibration for 68 seconds in a row, that vibration becomes big enough to manifest. Now, Becky, I will say for the three of us, that's probably a no-brainer because I can get in that place of joy and love and peace and hold that vibration, but I remember days in my life years and years ago when that wasn't possible, that if somebody had said, you've got to think this positive thought for 68 seconds, I would go, well, shit, fire, that ain't going to happen. So (laughs) (laughs) I think there may be people listening to this that they're like, okay, and so hence I gave the 17 seconds first. To, to give myself the experience of really feeling what that feels like. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I go back to Greg Braden, um, the story that he shared in several lectures and in the Lost Mode of Prayer about being the prayer, feeling it, right. the emotions of it, and having that experience because that's not – begging for something because when you're begging for it you're you're saying that doesn't exist and we know that all things exist in that universal flow 
And so a lot of times if, if we're trying to focus something, if I'm working to bring the vibration up like on a Sunday morning, I may have everybody close their eyes and remember a time when they just laughed out loud or something that brought them huge joy. And it's so cool to look out and watch their faces change. Mm-hmm. And just to keep and, and then just to kind of keep reiterating that, you know, feel that. How did that feel? How did, you know, what did it feel like in your body? And have right. him relive those experiences. I did that recently, and I had a guy come up to me after service, and he said, you know, I hadn't thought about what you brought me to today in probably 30 years, and it was one of the most joyful experiences I ever had, and I'm so grateful that I was able to remember it and to feel that again. Mm. You know, that's just a big part of, of moving us to those other places. If we can remember that joy, Right. And allow ourselves to sense it, we're taking steps at shifting that vibration. Well, and again, as I was saying earlier about the Eeyore thing, you know, the reason that some of us have a hard time sometimes of experiencing that joy and feeling that joy is that it's not something that is normal for us or it's not a place that we normally hang out. We may hang out in the Eeyore place or we may hang out in the anger place. And so it's a practice of getting there and realizing how much it feels better to be there. But then comes the work of I've got to let go of whatever it was in me that thought it needed to hang out in the Eeyore or the angry place. So. That's that's another piece of the law of attraction for me is letting go of anything that is not where I am going. And I think that sometimes that letting go can be things that we have thoughts in our mind that we can't let go of. Does that make any sense to anybody? For instance, it could be jobs or relationships or who knows what that are keeping us on some level stuck in a lower-level vibration. Absolutely. Don't you think a lot of times, though, it's that fear of the unknown? If somebody has gotten where they feel so at home in the lower-level vibrations, right? that, I mean, they're happy there because there's comfort in their discomfort. Right. And so there's a fear in, you know, well, if I, if I let go of this, and I move into that, what if that doesn't last, you know, and then I'm going to be sad because I didn't, you know, it's that it's that horrible hamster wheel that we mm-hmm. see folks get on from time to time. Most definitely. Jamie, have you found that playing out in your life or in lives of congregants? Yeah, I have. You know, I think I've shared on the show before when people will come in for counseling, and you, you have an hour session, and the person is, you know, said, well, you know, what are, what's this about today, and you know, what are we working with? And they'll be telling this story, and they get all worked up, and they, you can feel it. And finally, you know, I'll say, um, you know, we spent the last 20 minutes telling the story. Let's move. Well, I'm not done with my story. Right. And you can tell they get all excited, like it's a movie of the week, and there's popcorn and some goobers. And you're like, we, let's focus on the solution. Well, but I'm not done with my story. I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm done with your story because I don't think we realize that sometimes we're so addicted to being the victim. Right. You know, I said Sunday, I was sharing with my administrator earlier, I said in the talk Sunday, I said something about that I had drawn to me recently in, in a dating situation, a stalker. And I said, you know, I could have been angry and said, 
you know, they were this and they were that. And the truth is they were just being who they were. Who I've really been upset with and disappointed in was myself because when I looked back, something was said and it, it was like I got punched in the stomach and it was my, um, you know, inner GPS saying, you know, danger, Will Robinson. And right. I didn't want to pay attention. And so I think sometimes we get so addicted at telling other people how we have been mistreated. I know right. I have. And when we share our mistreatment with other people, I think what we're really doing is we just want someone to validate you poor thing. Mm-hmm. You Bless poor your thing. You, yes. <laughs> and, and we want other people to agree that this person's not a nice person. But the thing is, is for us to do the accountability, the responsibility. What about me? drew this person to me what about that person you know sometimes i don't know if you two have ever done it i'm sure you have i always say to the congregation crazy has a look look around you know what i mean <laughs> and, and i you know or i'll say don't look around but crazy has a look and they laugh but the whole thing is i truly believe that if we're paying attention which is one right. of those you know points of power, which is what I spoke on by Tolly Burkan Sunday, the points of power. I always pay attention. So if right. I'm going to have a demonstration or I'm not going to have a manifestation of a demonstration, I have to check what have I been, like we said in the beginning about the law of attraction, what have I been giving my attention to? Mm-hmm. It's like the, the wonderful caller that called in. She's still raw from the feelings of her marriage having fallen apart. And so she called in to seek guidance on how can I move forward. She owned the fact that she's stuck. And that's what we have to do, I think, as spiritual beings. Okay, what did I do? Not to, you know, not to constantly berate yourself, but we have to look at our addictions and our behavior to being victims and to being codependent. Right, right, most definitely. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think the other thing that sometimes, and I don't know about in Omaha and I don't know about in Florida, but being in Nashville, Tennessee, I am right here in the buckle of the Bible Belt. And there's still a lot of people, even though they may be in new thought, they still think that there is something that's holding them back, that has not given them permission to be. And, you know, I, I try to explain to them that the law of attraction works no matter what it is you're putting out there. It's kind of like gravity works, and there's not a big thing out there going, well, you know, you're a good person, so if you jump off this building, I'm going to make sure that you're okay. But you're a bad person, so when you jump off this building, I'm going to just let you plop and die. So I think to understand and let go of any religious kinds of belief systems that we've had, that I have to be a good person to do this. You know, everybody is using the law of attraction all the time, and Becky even stated that. We are creating all the time. We are manifesting all the time. This is a shifting to do it in a mindful way, in an awareness way of, oh, look, I created this big pile of shit. I don't want to do this again, you know. But I do know people that I've worked with that don't want to admit that they created the big pile of shit. It's much easier for them to think somebody else did it. But I find that it is empowering to me to know, ooh, I made this big old mess, and I can do it differently. That's grace to me, knowing I can erase the board and start all over again and do it a different way. 
No, I think that's so Becky, absolutely were you, the case. You, Becky, were you going to share a demonstration? Yeah, I can do that. I mean, it was, while we were talking about this, in the back of my mind, I was running through because, you know, my life, I have been so blessed with so many beautiful demonstrations. I mean, being in Omaha was a demonstration. Mm-hmm. Um, the experience of getting to go to Peru was a demonstration. But I think the one that, that I'll share, um, and it was one that I included the whole family here in Omaha with, the whole community. It was a few years ago I was um, scheduled to have my knee replaced. And, you know, I got myself really clear on how that process was going to happen and held that consciousness that it was going to be with ease and grace and that I was going to move through that and, and have the very best outcome, that it would be one that would be remarkable even in the eyes of the medical staff. And I shared that with the community, and I asked them to hold that with me in consciousness and to see me, you know, don't see me in any pain, don't see me hobbling around, don't see any of that, but see me back, you know, on my feet with ease and grace and it being a beautiful experience. And what wound up happening was within five days after surgery, I was walking around with just a cane. Um Within a, and like a week later, I was on a plane headed to Colorado for a board retreat, and everybody was like, "Are you kidding me? When did you have the surgery?" The physicians and the physicians' assistants—they were like, did, "Did you see those people in the waiting room in wheelchairs?" Yes. Well, they had their surgery two days before you did, and I'm walking in on a cane, and. So they were, like, excited. So that was a huge demonstration, but it was sitting, it was a deliberate intent of what the focus will be. Right. And that has really even, that has stood with our community here because let's do it. If we, if we want it in our lives and we claim it, we hold it, and we accept nothing less than that because we have that power. So that was a fun one, and they still talk about it, even though the surgery was, what, I think three years ago now. Mm-hmm. So. But my That's life awesome. is one big, huge demonstration, and it's and it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I think they're they're done to remind us. Just you know, I think we get so busy teaching it <clears throat> that sometimes we forget that it does it does actually work. And I think you know, I've had many, like I'm sure both of you, that we could we could list a bunch. I think one of mine was um, when I look back. You know, I when I remember the very first night that Touch by an Angel ever aired. That was years ago. And the moment that I heard, I saw Della Reese, and then when the, they played the theme music, I mean, the hair stood up on the back, and I was like, I remember saying, that's my idea of an angel. That's my, and I loved Della Reese, and it was just Della Reese, Della Reese. And to end up years later manifesting a relationship with her, a personal relationship that has meant the world to me, I mean, when I look back on it, I think, when, you know, you're sitting in her living room with her, or you're sitting at the dining room table, laughing and cutting up with her and to go and then I have to go oh my god that's Della Reese you know I and I just go I put that into the universe that my love for her was so strong the spiritual connection was so strong and so you realize I'm still working on the Dolly Parton thing I know it's going to happen but (laughs) you realize in your life the people the wonderful relationships I mean even with you two we we went through school together we um and then to have the honor of being Becky's mentor while she was in the program at Unity, 
I mean, it, it, it all, when you look back, we are, like we were saying, we're constantly demonstrating and manifesting. And sometimes we don't even realize that all our thoughts, all our combined words, all our combined prayers draw to us that which will infuse us to be empowered and to be the source of energy and, and light that we've come here to be. And it excites me, and sometimes I forget it. So, I mean, I don't know if you two constantly forget it too, but you realize <laughs> life is good. And so when we're bitching, and I think to myself, all the, all the complaining, all the bitching, and like you said earlier, Denise, the worrying, it mm-hmm. changes nothing. It's a scoop of garbage on top of it. But I think, oh, is it going to really change anything for you to say seven times how hot it is outside? <laughs> it's not going to lower the temperature. And so right. instead of saying that, you, could, you know, you realize one time was plenty. <laughs> well, oh, it's mm-hmm. hot outside, but it's a beautiful day. And I'm, I'm right. blessed to live at the beach or, or whatever. And so it's about retraining our, our subconscious and, and retraining our thought pattern and our mouth pattern. Our mouth pattern loves to complain. I think it's an addiction that, like we said in the beginning of the show, we can find fault far, um, far more easily than we can to find something to praise. And it's rewiring the brain to say, let me, let me tell you something good. Right. Right. So, Becky, what about demonstrations and manifestations? What, what got you to the place of focusing on those so much and knowing that that's where you wanted to go with your ministry? You know, like I said, every year I try to have a particular focus, and it's like last last year, you know, we've done a year of creation, and we've done all sorts of different things. And it's like I would hear people talk about this book or that book or this speaker or that speaker, and yet I would see their lives not changing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, we're missing it. We're missing something. You know, I've already decided that next year we're going to be focused on, on the act of being which is just right. an extension of demonstration. And, you know, when we look at all the great teachers, all the great teachers, it wasn't about what they said. It was about what they did. Mm-hmm. And it's time for, you know, I saw it as it's an opportunity for us to wake up and to put these things, you know, really put these things into play in our lives. Mm-hmm. And when we focus on demonstrating, we focus on self-awareness and self-observation, which, you know, Denise, you and I have, played in that arena for years yes and it's been so much fun and that's another big piece and they get it i mean i actually had somebody you know my congregation talks to me when i'm up on the platform because Mm -hmm. i i want that it's i want them to be a part of that right so it's just cool and the other day we said i said somebody i said so what's one of the first things we have to do and somebody yelled out we have to be self-aware and self-observant and i'm like yes thank you god they finally got that piece Mm-hmm. So for me, this year of demonstration, and, and I keep reminding them, you know, just because we finished abundance in January doesn't mean that we're done with that. This is, an, this is a cumulative year. You know, by the end of the year, you should have 12 things that you are demonstrating daily in your life. Right. And we just keep on doing it because, as I tell them all the time, my goal, my purpose is to support each and every one that I come in contact with and being the very best expression of all that they are capable of. That's awesome. And, and through doing this piece and giving them 30 days of focus, because, 
you know, what, we, what are we taught? How long does it take for the bodies and for habits to be created? You know, what is it, 28 mm-hmm. days? Mm-hmm. So if we're doing at least 30 days of focusing on something, then we're setting up new habits and hopefully releasing some old ones. Right. And so it's just a part of us being, you know, it's just a part of me walking my talk here and and being the spiritual leader that I've been called to be with this wonderful community. That's cool. You know, one of the other things that I see around the law of attraction is that there are some people that think that they can do it or it works in certain things but not in everything. Does that make sense? Because yeah. I appreciated your story about healing, Becky, because I've had people here that are like, you know, I can create relationships and I can create jobs and I can create wealth, but I'm sitting here with this disease, and and then they get into this place of negativity, and it's like they forget totally about the law of attraction because they mm-hmm. bought into some other model, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And and so it's interesting to be the spiritual leader and begin to, you know, do your own work and say, okay, are there areas in my life that I don't necessarily use the law of attraction and how can I be the model for that for everybody? Because I do find that a lot of people will say, well, I can use it here and I can use it here, but that right there, that's not going to work. I don't know if either one of you have found that, that some people have an easier time using it in certain areas and not in others. Oh, well, I think it's pick and choose. Heard... Yeah. What? Yeah. I think it's pick and choose. I mean, you, if you really, you know, some, I think some of us know I can, I can make and create anything I desire, and then if we think – Either somewhere beneath it, there are some feelings of unworthiness, or, right. or, or we share it with the wrong person. You know, yes. the person who will say to you, "Oh, come on! You know that you don't have the education. You don't even. You're so scattered. You're, you're like, you know, toilet paper. You're everywhere." Right. And then you go, "Oh, maybe they're right. Maybe I can't manifest a healthy relationship because I'm twisted as an egg roll." So right. we have to figure out. We got to be real careful who we share our visions and our dreams with. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe that we can, you know, it, it's sometimes it's so subconscious what we've manifested with even, you know, for years I would say people would say, oh, Jamie, you're so this or you're so that. And in sarcasm, I would say, oh, I should have my own TV show. Right. And one day they called and said, would you be interested in doing a TV show? And, and it, it, it was weeks before I realized, <laughs> oh, my God, I've been, you know, I've been saying that forever. And so right. that's what I say. Sometimes we don't even realize with our words what we are planting is the seeds that Becky was talking about. Sure. Most definitely. Most definitely. So, Beck, well, what else have, you got for us today? Well, I think the other piece, too, is to be aware that, you know, we are subject to what Charles Fillmore would refer to as race consciousness, talking about the human race, the collective consciousness, and to know that we have the ability to impact that. Right. Um but that we are not we are not those things that are thought about us by others. I love some of the things that were said about Myrtle Fillmore, which, you know, is the mother of unity for those mm-hmm. that aren't aware, that she almost had a fatal reaction to the thoughts of her family and friends and to what they were saying with her around her T V. 
Right. And I just thought that that was so interesting that, you know, that their their words and their beliefs almost brought her to a fatal experience. And for us to be have the ability to rise above that and to be conscious in, you know, that we are here creating and that what other people, and I know, you know, Denise, you and I have said for years, what other people think of us is none of our business. <laughs> right. And thank you, for, thank you for sharing or not. So... <laughs> And it's okay. So, but it's just being fully present to who we are. And it's so exciting, you know, and, and I am so blessed to have both of you in my life. And it's just uh, an opportunity that I don't go a day without celebrating because you're both very, very special and have been great teachers and mentors and friends throughout this journey so far. And I look forward to it continuing for many years. Most definitely. I know one of the things that I learned when I became a coach was that I, and I share with people that you need to always have a circle of five people that are supportive of you, that call you on your shit, and that can see your greatness even when you might not can see it but are supportive of your dreams. Because I heard Jamie a minute ago say, you know, well, you might share something with somebody and they're going, are you kidding? You know, you can't do blah, 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 blah. Because they are looking out at the world standards. Because, you know, I am only a little sure, Becky, that it could have been another way for you with your knee surgery if you had wanted to buy into some of the things that maybe Western medicine wanted to tell you. Oh, absolutely. But you had a higher perspective than that and went, I don't have to. It doesn't have to play out like this. You might want to speak to that just a minute about how you go through that for for people that are listening. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with with not allowing other people's ideas. I mean, they had told me that it would be – you know, six weeks. They right. set me up with home therapy with a physical therapist, and they set that up for a month. And, you know, it's – some of you might – knowing me might say that it's because I'm bullheaded. <laughs> <laughs> Which can be a very good thing. <laughs> as long as I'm bullheaded in a positive way, then I'll own that. <laughs> right. But, you know, I think the big thing is for us to be very clear – in that we do have choices and that just because Western medicine tells you, in this case, and this is, we see that in the rest of our life, just because someone tells you that this process is going to take six weeks doesn't mean that you have to be okay with six weeks. Right. I mean, my thing was, I'm moving through this with ease and grace, and the pain is going to be there is going to vanish, you know, almost immediately. I'm going to move through it with ease and grace, and have a ball doing it. Right. And I told that to my therapist, and she goes, "Okay, whatever you say." That was on her initial visit, and it was funny because she visited. I think she came to the house three times, and the beginning of the second week, she looked at me and she goes, "You know, I'm going to go ahead and release you because." You are already farther than I was supposed to get you. Wow. And so there's no sense in me being here, and I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. And I'm like, okay, that's not a problem. <laughs> yes. You know, mm-hmm. so, All right, I think we have a caller. 
I'm going to take the call now. So cool. area code 404, do you have a statement or a question you'd like to make? And we lost them. We blessed them and released them. Yay! So, <laughs> yes. So carrying on with the thought of demonstration, I think that, um, you know, somebody just sent a message to me privately on Facebook saying, can you, um, Reverend Becky, break down what we mean by uh, a more in-depth um, definition of what we mean by spiritual demonstration? Okay. So if we are talking about love, and we know that, you know, love in the tradition that, that we come from is that unifying, harmonizing power that's that peace that brings everything together. If I am sitting in a, in a consciousness that is one of separation or one of um, just angst, I'm not being that aspect of love. So how do I bring that in? How do I show up as that? Maybe I first move into a place of how, you know, and maybe maybe in meditation to come to a time when I thought about or was or had the experience of being in a place of peace and harmony. And then I allow that, or I remember that feeling. And then I remember the circumstances that brought me to that point. And I move through my time to kind of recreate that. And I have to first be able to recognize it. You know, it's hard to talk to somebody about joy, about being joy and demonstrating joy, if they don't even remember what joy was like. And so that whole spiritual demonstration, it's showing up like that. It's that walking the talk. If joy or love are things that you are wanting to focus on and have in your life, then I need to be it. I need to focus on those things around me that have brought me joy so that I can draw more of them into my experience. So it's, a, it's tying law of attraction. It's tying thoughts and minds. You know, I, one of our principles is that, that whole thing about putting, putting um, action into our thoughts. And so that, to me, is what I've, I've talked to our community here about, is this is the year that we are going to live in our fifth principle, and that is putting feet to our prayers, putting action to those things in which we want to do and be in our lives. And I don't know, does that help? Does that cover that aspect? Well, I, I, think, that was, I think that was really a good example of what we mean by spiritual demonstration. And then, of course, there's another pop-up on the screen, and it's from some lady that works at Unity of Omaha named Vicki Wilson, who <laughs> says that she thinks she should get a shout-out. I don't know who this crazy woman is, but she thinks she should get a shout-out. So, hey, Vicki Wilson, hey. You know how <laughs> Folks, we all know who Vicki Wilson is. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> and we love her. Yes, we do. We do. We do. She's my You know, the other she's... thing I want to add to all of that is back to the feeling part is is I think that if someone has not felt joy or doesn't know what that is or doesn't know what love feels like, then I know that sometimes they might be at a loss to even understand how all this stuff works. But I know I worked with a congregant for a while here that would say to me, I've never been happy or joyful ever in my life. 
And I was like, oh, because that to me makes me sink down into my gut and almost want to throw up. I'm like, I can't imagine living a life like that. But one of the things I think that sometimes we don't understand is if there, if if I'm feeling good, then I am moving towards the future that I desire. But when I'm feeling bad, I'm creating something that is not really 100% in alignment with my desires. And so I have to have a way to process that, and I have to have a way to understand how to get to that joy place that Becky was talking Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. And I think that if there was anything that any of us could do in New Thought Ministry would be to provide more and more experiences that are joyful, which is hence why we do our high vibration zone every Sunday morning. And, you know, unfortunately, there are people that sit out there that look like Eeyore through the whole thing. And I'm just thinking, how can you, you know, sit there and look so pitiful when we're all jumping up and down and having a big old time? But I also remember that there have been times in my life that I felt that. But at least what I have been told is that sometimes just being in that room and feeling all that, they realize that it's it's a possibility. There is something other than what I'm feeling right now. And And you know what comes up for me? What? Here's what comes up for me is I remember when I first found Unity and I found New Thought, I was 19 years old, and I went to the Unity Church in Fort Walton Beach, and I was sitting around on my day off in a class with all these little white-haired, blue-haired ladies, and one of the ladies at the table shared and said, which I wanted to crawl under the table because I came from the Baptist Church, she said, I have never had an orgasm. (laughs) I froze. And the minister, who I had only known a week, she looked at her and she said, well, you aren't doing it right. And that's what came to mind to me when I hear that someone has never had joy. Then obviously it's not not that life isn't joyful. We're not doing it right. So get with the program, Oprah Winfrey, and do it right. Oh, my gosh. Well, and I agree. I agree. It's like... Who doesn't want joy, you know? But I think that sometimes I have known people that it that to them it seemed like such a far journey from where they were that they couldn't even begin to see. And so I think that for us to to create experiences, one of the bylines for our uh, Unity of Music City is that we create experiences of authentic transformation. And sometimes my transformation is going to look like different from yours because you might just beginning be beginning to understand the bliss that can happen when you get quiet and still, and you're mm-hmm. beginning to learn to meditate and how that that can give you some relief from whatever's going on in your world, you know. So I think that as New Thought ministers, as New Thought spiritual leaders, for us to be able to have some tools in our toolbox to offer people at all the different places on the journey. Because I do know that sometimes, occasionally, we have people that think, I'm a little bit over the top. And I'm sure that that goes for 
Becky and Jamie because I pretty much play in the joy place most all the time. And, you know, I have to right find there. some things <laughs> to hand to people that, you know, I can say, okay, here, maybe try this piece. Does that resonate mm-hmm. with either one of you? Absolutely. Absolutely. It sure does because I've been told, you know, when, that's what we said earlier, when people leave and you go, well, why they, was, was I too much? Was I too little? And then, you know, sometimes I've been in the middle of a, of a talk and you see someone stand up and you think, oh, what did I say? And they walk out and you think, oh, my God, I've offended another one. And then they come right. back, oh, they went to the bathroom. It wasn't about right. me. And right. so getting the thing about um, – I'm here, you know, Edwin said to me one time, you were there not to win a popularity contest, but you were there to teach truth. And for every person that doesn't want to engage in that, let them go because next week there will be someone to fill the seats who means business with their spiritual growth. And I, I play that over in my mind all the time. Right. And that's very true. And we can only do what we can do. And, again, I know that there are some some people that need a few other steps other than jumping from where they are to joy. So I just wondered if Becky had any success in that either. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's creating that container, you know, creating the container that is filled with the vibration that you desire so that folks there can, and it is contagious, so that folks there can be a part of that. You know, and a little bit to what Jamie said about somebody walking out. And, you know, and I've had people walk out and not come back. And that's okay because they may not be at a place where they're ready to be in a different kind of vibration. Right. I don't know their story. And, you know, we know, and I talk about this here a lot, unfortunately, because we're humans, we have a tendency that we make up the story for whatever we don't know. So I'm trying not to make up the story as to why that person walked out. You know, they just may not be at a place yet where they're ready to live the truth and to be accountable for their own journey and accountable for their own joy. So I bless them. And I agree with you. We back. have a caller. Yeah. So I'm going to take a call. You ready? Cool. Yeah. We're ready. All right. Area code 402, you are on the air. Question or comment? Well, kind of both. How's everyone doing, first off? <laughs> Great. It's Vicki it's Vicky Wilson. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Her. But I really do. I, I really do have a question. So, I have a friend, a very, very dear friend. We're very close. But she has the most negative attitude. Everything happens to her. Um, it's the you know screw my life kind of thing. Everything, and no matter what I tell her, every unity principle I try to get through to her, the law of attraction, the whole nine yards, I don't know what to do because it's the same thing over and over and over to the point where I don't want to end the friendship with her, but dang, it's getting really hard. Now, Vicki, you weren't supposed to be telling people about the truth, the truth of my life. <laughs> well, Becky, it had to come out sooner or later. <laughs> All right, somebody answer her. we got to close shortly. Well, you know, I, I am sure that you may hear from your sweet minister, too, but, you know, sometimes I have to walk away from people like that because they're almost mm. like emotional vampires. 
And what well, I will say, the experience that I've had with people like that is when they continue to see me and my life and see me be happy and joyful and creating good in my life, sometimes that's the biggest thing that I can share with them without saying a word. Does that make any sense? It does. It, it makes total sense. And that's what I try to do. It's just, oh, my goodness. The emotional vampire thing is so accurate. It's mm-hmm. crazy. So, yes. And also, I would just like to wish ha- Becky um, a happy 60th birthday coming up on May 3rd. How old? Oh, I thought we were going to get by. I know. I'm an old girl. <laughs> it's a big thing. But we love her. and She looks so good. I know. I know. Botox is a wonderful thing. <laughs> She's it's awesome. Those, it, it's, a, it's those Botox things that you got going on. I grow my own Becky, dog. I never knew. Wow. <laughs> me either, darling. Well, I don't know. Honey, honey, call me sometime. I'll fill you in. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll be calling right after the show. I'll be calling shortly. <laughs> All right. We love you, Vicky. We'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Becky, we just, we're about to wrap this up. We've got to do our closing music. Thank you so much for coming on and being with us. Of course, you know you're going to be back again in the near future. And um, it's been fun to play with both of you. You guys are always making me laugh. And you, you actually make me think about things in a way that I don't always think about it. And sometimes that scares me, and sometimes it just blows me out of the water. So <laughs> thank you for being with us and putting up with um, our craziness. And, and be sure to tell Vicki we appreciated her calling in as well. I will do that. And I love you guys. And thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. It was a All joy, right. Becky. Thank you. Take Talk care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Always, always a blast to play with Becky. She is um, Most very definitely. authentic. Yeah, so folks, if you're listening in, and I mean, you've heard us be really out of the box today, which is what we do. It's what I believe Spirit has called us to do. We have fun doing what we're doing. So look for us on Facebook. You can look for Denise Juergen. You can look for Jamie Sanders. You can also find Becky Whitehead. But you can also check out our websites, Unity of Music City, Unity of Pensacola, Unity of Omaha. We're a happy bunch of people. It's always a joy to interact with all of you and to have you listening in. Be sure to share with your friends that they can listen to us live. We do every other week. Like us on Facebook under Spirituality Today with Jamie Sanders and Denise Jurgen. And you can also go back into the website at blogtalkradio.com slash Jamie Sanders and listen to the archive shows of our past broadcasts. They're empowering and they're fun. So we're going to leave you today with music again from my amazing co-host, uh, Denise Jurgen and her partner, the wonderful Judy Blackwelder, wrote this song called Heal Me. And I think co singing with you is Jamie London that we mentioned it earlier. Sure is. So yes. We, yeah, so we leave you now with the music of Heal Me by Denise Jurgen and Judy Blackwelder and Jamie London. Until next time, be good to yourself, be good to others, and keep spreading the light. Goodbye.
There's not much left 